right, glad you're with us. Load it up today. Write down our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Wow. The I got a poll just released. We just threw it on Hannity.com. I know FoxNews.com has it as well. Uh, Matt Towery, different from Fox News, uh, the, the serv- I don't know what service they use for polling. I've known Matt going back to 94 and Newt Gingrich and the polling and the contract with America. He's, he's one of the best pollsters I know, along with John McLaughlin. And, and there are official pollsters uh, for this election season. And, and Matt did a poll in Utah. Uh, not good news for Mitt Romney. Republicans uh, in Utah furious with Mitt Romney. We'll get into that in some detail today. Uh, Bill O'Reilly checks in today. We'll do a quick hit. He only has like five minutes, but he's going to give it to us. Secretary Ben Carson will join us. He's on the on the, on the road today on, on a bus tour, I believe. Um, we have some new news as it relates to what's going on today. Just to sum up, I don't want to get into all the weeds and the details because it, it gets old and tiring. But And I know people, 24 hours, 24 hours. All right, now we've begun the 16 hours of questioning where senators submit their questions to the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, presiding to ask House managers uh, prosecuting the case and Trump's defense attorneys and staffers, uh, and they, they try to organize it in a way that it's not repetitious, which is impossible. I'd, I'd say mildly more interesting in some instances because, well, to be frank, the the Adam Schiff's, the compromised congenital liars of the world are, are not particularly bright and smart and good on their feet. Um, so it's it gets interesting. But anyway, up to 16 hours for questions. They're asked uh, today and tomorrow and they take turns in asking the questions and it can be directed at the prosecution, the defense, but not to other senators. At the end of the questioning is when this issue Trump's lawyers will have four hours each, along with the House managers, four hours each. They're closing arguments. Good grief again. And the Senate then debates whether to subpoena witnesses and documents. And then the vote on the motion, if there's a tie, the motion would fail. And if senators vote to hear more evidence, they'll hold additional votes on which witnesses to call, which documents they want to see. Any subpoenaed witnesses would be deposed in a private session. Then the chamber would decide on public testimony If no witnesses or documents are subpoenaed, senators could then consider other motions or proceed to vote on each of the two articles of impeachment. The trial could end. And I do have some smart people saying they think it might very well end by Friday or Saturday of this week. And or the proceedings could still be going on when the president delivers the State of the Union, which is on Tuesday after Monday's Iowa caucus. And so it's it's fluid. Cory Gardner it's always a tough race out in Colorado. He's done a great job for the people of Colorado. I happen to be fond of him. He's kind of soft-spoken, but he gets a lot done. Very smart, very principled. He's uh, He obviously is well-liked in the state of Colorado, as he should be. Um, and he has said, as of today, he would not support calling any additional witnesses in the impeachment trial and giving Republicans another vote against prolonging the trial with new testimony. He said, I don't believe we need to hear from an 18th witness. He said in a statement, I have approached every aspect of of this grave constitutional duty with the respect and attention required by law and have reached the decision after carefully weighing the House managers and defense arguments and closing, reviewing the evidence from the House, which included well over 100 hours of testimony from 17 witnesses. All right. He he's basically saying, all right, we've had enough of this. 
Lindsey Graham released his statement. In my opinion, based on the law and the facts, additional testimony is unnecessary in this case. And then he goes on, for the sake of argument, one could assume everything attributable to a manuscript that nobody's really read or heard from. It's getting very frustrating, these little crumbs that John Bolton's attorney or John Bolton are laying out there about, well, what he could add to all of this. And apparently he's written a book, a manuscript has to be submitted. It's been submitted. And I, I, so I, I have not confirmed that it's Vinman's brother that is the person that goes through it, makes the decision. That would be pretty interesting. And I know there's been all the reports that say it's true, but I, I, we've tried to confirm it independently, like we always do. Anyway, but for the sake of argument, one could assume everything attributable, attributable to John Bolton is accurate. And still the House would fall well below the standards to remove a president from office. Now, why is that? Because the four facts never change. You know what? Even if the president expressed, oh, they better do this, this, and this, or I'm not giving them a penny. Not one cent am I ever going to give. Well, okay, number one, President Zelensky has said repeatedly, the foreign minister of Ukraine repeatedly, that there was never, ever a quid or a pro or a quo like Joe whatsoever. Um, and others were on the call. By the way, why do people think the president would be so dumb? He knows there's a million other people on the call. He's not dumb. And it, what, what do you think? He's going to say, you do this, this, and this. President never said it. Five subsequent meetings. Nobody ever brought up aid. Aid was not brought up on the call. Corruption was and the potential of corruption. And the president was really serious about that part of the call. Uh, they took no action. They never started an investigation. They never promised to start an investigation. They never announced an investigation. And they got all their money and some of it early. OK, so even if even if Bolton's right, well, the president said he wanted to withhold the aid. It doesn't matter. It does not matter, not even in the least, if, in fact, he might have vented. And by the way, this is why executive privilege is so important. Why? Because that gives the president an opportunity to throw out a million ideas. What he actually does is what makes the crime, not what somebody might think or express publicly before AIDS that, well, he thinks it's in a private setting. So I think the, the backstabbing and the taping of this president's got to stop. Anyway, so Graham is right in his statement. Ample evidence for the president to be concerned, by the way, too. And this gets to the heart of where I have been for the longest time. And it's it's finally taken people a long time to catch up. But I'm glad they're finally there because there is a very, very important aspect to this that I, for whatever reason, nobody seems to want to discuss because, you know, now that the that the president had his defense lay out the case. Now, why does Joe Biden and Hunter, why did they get mentioned on the call? Why did the president say, do us a favor? Can you get to the bottom? America spent three years now dealing with this foreign election interference stuff. And this guy, Robert Mueller, you know, did a terrible job testifying yesterday. It was awful. It was the day after the disastrous testimony of Mueller, July 25th. And, and he testified on the 24th. And, and yeah, can you can you you know do us a favor so we can have good relations? Get to the bottom of it on your end. Can you do that? Can you do us a favor? Well, I thought foreign election interference mattered to Democrats because that's all they've been screeching about for three years. So the president wanting to stop any type of foreign election interference, which January 11, 2017, Politico lays out in detail in a Ukrainian court confirms happened with Ukraine. And for the idiots in the media mob that are trying to say conservatives are spreading a conspiracy theory, you go read Politico and you go read the court decision. 
And no, we're not saying that it was Ukraine that interfered and not Russia. We already know Russia interfered. And all of you in the media mob ignored what was likely Russian disinformation from the get-go, and that's Clinton's bought and paid for a dirty dossier, unverifiable as it was, the bulk of information that was used in FISA applications and what was a premeditated fraud because everybody was warned to spy on not only Carter Page, but the president, a presidential candidate, the transition team, deep into the Trump presidency. Now you look at what Joe and Hunter did, and guess what? Zero experience, Hunter. No experience in Ukraine, oil, gas, nothing. 84 grand a month. Average American family of four makes, oh, a little less than 54,000 a year. Everybody knows what this is. And Joe's saying, you're not getting a billion dollars. That's why it matters. It matters because, well, as I identified last night on TV, well, there's several potential felonies involved here. Let's see. The Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. See if the language in 15 U.S.C. 78 matters. Quote, it is illegal for a U.S. person to coerce or influence through bribery or extortion. <clears throat> You're not getting the billion. A foreign nation into taking action. Fire the prosecutor or you're not getting the billion. That might financially benefit that person, his family or business. 83 grand a month, millions and millions for zero experience hunter. Wow, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act seems to apply perfectly to quid pro quo Joe and zero zero experience Hunter. Where's the investigation into that? Where's the outrage by the mob and the media? Where is the Democrats on this? Um, oh, many of them are still supporting Joe. How funny. What, do, what a double standard. Shocking. Uh, we have bribery, 18 U.S.C. 201C. Quote, whoever corruptly gives offers or promises anything about value well if you fire him you get a billion dollars to a public official to influence an official act fire the prosecutor he is guilty of bribery oh you have six hours son of a b they fired him what about the gratuities act 18 usc 201b giving offering promising anything of value to a public official in exchange for any official act Firing the prosecutor, you get the billion. Uh, here we go again, or the Hobbs Act even. I, I've, I've been over this numerous times. That's why when the president heard quid pro quo Joe, and that's why when the president heard about election interference, he rightly was concerned about corruption. And in spite of it all, there was never a quid pro quo. They got the money. They did nothing. They promised nothing. They made no statement about anything, and they didn't even know that they were supposed to. Why are we here? We're here, blind ambition. That's why we're here. The president was right, and I keep saying, he it's more than right. He actually has a sworn oath and duty to faithfully execute the laws of the United States of America. House managers claiming the sole reason Trump paused aid was personal and political. Well, I didn't hear him mention Bernie Sanders on the call or Elizabeth Warren on the call right now. Bernie's leading in both Iowa and New Hampshire. I didn't hear that. It sounds like the president was going right at the people that might have been involved in, well, violating all those laws that he's sworn to faithfully execute. And you got, by the way, did you see Biden blowing a gasket again? We'll get to this later. Telling an Iowa voter, go vote for someone else. Kind of like the other exchange that he had when he started screaming at that guy. That didn't go well either.
And we still have the tale of two Americas because, yep, it all happened. The USMCA signing ceremony today, the largest, fairest, most balanced modern trade agreement ever achieved. Let's see. I guess, you know, getting rid of uh, NAFTA, that's another promise kept. And that means that the president has got new trade deals with China, $220 billion in the next two years. Japan, our Western European allies, Canada and Mexico. And the deal with Mexico in particular means we're going to make more money. I guess Mexico's paying for the wall. Uh, Democrats turn out in droves t- last night to Trump's rally. 26% of the people in New Jersey at that rally were Democrats. I was a if I was a Democrat and I was running for president, I think I'd be concerned about that. And wait till Mitt Romney sees this poll that I have in front of me that just got released. It's up on Hannity.com. Things are not looking good in Utah for uh, Mitt Romney. I'm a little ticked off at Mitt Romney. I'm getting a little sick of it because it's, you know what? It's just everybody goes all in for Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney's called a racist, misogynist, sexist, and he cut some kid's hair at boarding school and all the other crap. And he hates Donald Trump more than that. What about the Constitution, Mitt? Forget Donald Trump. What about the Constitution? What about what the the, the sole power of the House to impeach? They've impeached. Your power is to hold the trial. Okay, you're holding it. They make the case up or down. Where do you stand, Mitt? Tell us. All right, as we roll along, 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program? I mentioned Corey Gardner. No more witnesses. Same goes for Lindsey Graham. Uh, The tale of two Americas, the China deal, the peace plan announced with Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday for the Middle East. The president's remarks at the USMCA signing ceremony today. Estimated to add another 1.2% to our GDP, creating countless new American jobs. Oh, and Mexico is paying more because two decades of NAFTA was a catastrophe. The NAFTA catastrophe, as he called it. And after that was adopted 25 years ago, U.S. lost a quarter of its manufacturing jobs. One in five vehicle manufacturing jobs. Think of that. Oh, sounds like Mexico is going to pay for the wall in the end. Um. We have the Democrats turning out in droves last night. Uh, We now know that the president's vision for the Middle East versus Joe Biden has been wrong on everything. Not very good. We have some new numbers out. Not looking good for Romney. I'll get to that in a little bit. But satisfaction with the nation's economy is up 22 points, according to Gallup. Satisfaction with the way income and wealth is distributed is up eight points in the country to 43 percent. Satisfied with the state of the nation, security and terrorism up 18 points to 68 percent. Satisfied with the state of this nation's military strength and preparedness. That's up 15 points to 81 percent. Satisfaction with the state of race relations up 14 points in the country. Satisfaction with the position of racial minorities in the nation up nine points. It goes on. Satisfaction with the nation's policies to reduce or control crime, up nine points. Satisfaction with the opportunity for a person to get ahead by hard work, up six points. Wow, that's Gallup. I'd say things are looking good for Donald J. Trump. I will have the latest on the election, the impeachment, Schumer, Schiff, Sham show. It's 279 days, the ultimate jury, you get to shock the world again. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour. If you want to be a part of the program, uh, all right, I'm sending this out. Okay. Um, 
Now, we have other news I want to get to here, which I think is very, very important. Now, one of it is, I think this is the funnier part of the day, is, and this broke actually during Hannity last night, that Lev Parnas, well, he was going to be a guest of Chuck Schumer in the gallery to watch the question and answer period today. And all of a sudden, Chuck Schumer realizes a little bit of a problem. Um, yeah, uh, well, we're not really sure, um, if he can get in because of the ankle bracelet that apparently this guy's got to wear. <laughs> uh, you can't make this stuff up. And now he's trying to, well, his lawyer asked us for tickets and like, like many New York constituents, uh, we, we said you can, we, that we can get you tickets. We, we give them out to New Yorkers who ask, and uh, I'm not sure partners would be allowed in because of the electronics around his ankle. Oh, man, you just you just can't you can't make it up. Senator uh, Joe Manchin over there at Area 51 Roswell Rachel Maddow's conspiracy channel network said that Hunter should be called as an impeachment witness. Is Hunter Biden a relevant witness, Senator? Uh, You know, I, I think so. I really do. I don't have a problem there because this is why we are where we are now. I think that he could clear himself, uh, what I know and what I've heard, but being afraid to put anybody that might have pertinent information is wrong, no matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. Yeah, the only problem with that is, you know, because the evidence is overwhelming. We already have all that evidence out there. And that's Joe on tape. You're not getting the billion. I should fire the prosecutor investigating my zero experience son being paid millions and millions $83,000 a month. And him on TV, the dumbest interview I've ever seen. And he had weeks and weeks to prepare for it, which is even worse. Uh, do you have any experience? Nope. None whatsoever. Uh, okay. Uh, well, uh, well, I was on the Amtrak board once. Oh, there's a lot of experience for Ukraine, oil and gas and energy right there. Okay. When he said, answer. I hope you know what you're doing, what did he think you were doing? Well, he read the press reports that I joined the board of Burisma, which was a Ukrainian natural gas company. And there's been a, a, a lot of misinformation about me, not about my dad. Nobody buys that, but it buys this idea that I was unqualified to be on the board. What were your qualifications to be on the board of Burisma? Well, I was vice chairman of the board of Amtrak for five years. I was the chairman of the board of the UN World Food Program. I was a lawyer for Boy Schiller Flexner, one of the most prestigious law firms in the world. You didn't have any extensive knowledge about natural gas or Ukraine itself, though. Uh, no, but I think that I had as much knowledge as anybody else that was on the board. None whatsoever. If not more. Yeah. Well, why do you think you got it? I don't know. Why would they pay me millions? I, I, I don't know. Well, do you think maybe it's because your dad is in charge of Ukrainian policy for the United States and the second highest elected person in the country? Yeah. Oh, probably. Yeah. That's probably why I get paid millions everywhere. Yeah. Uh, more bad news for the, I guess we can now begin to refer to them on this program as the Biden crime family or syndicate. We'll call them the, we'll call them the Biden syndicate. Apparently now even the sister cashed in on daddy's public office, Delaware nonprofit. Oh, they got a federal grant about the same time they appointed then vice president Joe Biden's daughter as the executive director, according to government and tax records. September 2014, Delaware Center for Justice selected for a competitive two-year grant by the Department of Justice through a federal 
Edward Byrne Memorial Grant Program, which Biden helped steer significant funding to as vice president and as senator. Wow. I should be friends with Joe Biden. All of your kids should be friends with Joe Biden. Let me tell you in the news what is going on. Um, so it's fluid. I can't give you an answer. There is very there are very smart people, sources that I know that are telling me that they believe this whole thing can come to an end by Friday or Saturday this week. That the in the end, the Democrats don't want any part of quid pro quo Joe or the compromised congenital liar or the hearsay witness who, according to now reports, non-whistleblower was plotting and scheming with another Obama holdover in the Trump White House two weeks after he was sworn in on how to get rid of the president. That wouldn't be good for them. Uh, calling quid pro quo Joe and, and, and zero experience Hunter, well, that would be a huge problem for everybody. So anyway, so with Democrats now floating the possibility they might vote to acquit the president, Republicans are planning an aggressive what they call Plan B strategy in the event that some Republicans break off and are demanding additional witnesses. Thanks a lot, Mitt Romney. Why are you so I, I don't know what it is. Why is it everybody that loses the presidency? And I've been out there. I'm now 31 years in radio, 24 years now of Fox. So I've been through this. This is not my first rodeo. And I have watched. I see it up close and personal. Presidents, candidates, they all think they're going to win. I can't tell you how many times I've been told. I'll ask, what are the polls showing? Yeah, we're down 15. But I'm telling you, those polls are wrong. They're so wrong. Now, polls can be wrong. That does happen. I don't trust exit polls, for example. They're the worst. There's certain pollsters I trust more than others. I've I trust our pollsters, John McLaughlin, Matt Towery, who did a big poll in Utah that I'm going to share with you. Um, I, I don't trust exit polls. A lot of polling organizations use outdated methodology. A lot of waiting goes on that is ridiculously in favor of Democrats. That happens all the time, too. So I've seen a lot, but so polls can be wrong. But I've seen time after time the candidates say, no, 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 but, but we're down 15. But we, I'm telling you, the crowds are huge. We're going to win. Okay, and I'm looking at them like you don't have a prayer. I just you can feel it. I knew I'll tell you another story. So I was with Bill Cunningham in Cincinnati and it was I think Hamilton County. I think we might have also gone up to Cleveland as well. And we just went on a tour. We were out there on the campaign trail for George W. Bush's reelection. You could feel the energy. We we're out there for John McCain. 2008, and it was, we looked at each other and said, uh-oh, this ain't happening. We knew it. We just, Sean Hannity, I was there with you, and I can confirm that is an accurate report. True. And it was never going to happen. And you could feel it. You could see it. You know it. There's a big difference. You could see that Obama hope and change in the crowds and the mania, and yes, we can. There was a, an excitement. Nobody in the media would do anything to vet him. I did. And uh, I pr was proven right. Policies were a disaster. Both foreign policy, economic policy is another disaster. So, you know, you just kind of know. You can tell sometimes. I think right now all momentum, you know, 26% of last night's crowd in New Jersey were Democrats. Does that mean Trump's going to win New Jersey? No. But maybe. Who knows? 
I think there's a lot of you have such a weak slate of candidates. Every economic barometer we have is through the roof. Every promise he's made and promise he's kept. You got most of the 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 best the the bulk of beneficiaries are are people it, that have I always referred to as the the forgotten men and women of this country. Manufacturing is coming back. Every every demographic record low unemployment. African Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans. Women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment. It's huge. It's great for the country. No long protracted wars. Took out Soleimani, the leader of the terrorism for the number one state sponsor of terror. That's all good news. Getting rid of Baghdadi and company and beating the caliphate. Huge news. Israel has never had a better friend than Donald J. Trump as president. Jerusalem, Golan. Uh, West Bank recognized territory sovereignty of Israel. Now a peace plan he unveiled yesterday. Nobody thought the China trade deal could get done. Now we've got what is predicted to be another 1.2% GDP growth with this new trade deal that he made, uh, the USMCA bill that he's talking about, that, that, they, that he signed today. That's huge. Progress he made in Davos. That's huge. Everything the president does, he's doing it simultaneously. Tax cuts, burdensome regulation, conservative justices, energy independence, net exporter of energy, first time 75 years, and he got and acquired the money for the wall, has 100 miles up and wants 400 miles by Election Day, November 3rd of this year. Built. Done. So, you know, success matters. Now he's going up against what? New Green Deal crazy Democrats and 94 trillion and... Uh, 52 trillion in 10 years for Medicare for all. I don't think that's going to work. And the only thing they've done the last, you know, three plus years now entering their fourth year is hate Trump. They've done nothing else except obstruct and hate. Anyway, so this plan B is if if there are enough Mitt Romneys in the Senate that are demanding additional witnesses. Anyway, Mitch McConnell is saying that he wasn't sure that there are, nobody knows what the vote margin is as of now. I can tell you that one plan is, is to amend any resolution calling for a particular witness to include a package of witnesses. That would be a smart play. In other words, going to bring in John Bolton. OK, bring in John Bolton. Going to bring in Mike Pompeo. Bring in Mike. And we can bring in quid pro quo Joe and zero experience Hunter and Adam Schiff. And then we could bring in the hearsay non-whistleblower whistleblower. I've got a whole bunch of people I want to bring in. So that's one thing. And there also are some Democrats that might not want witnesses knowing this is a bad idea. Any witness resolution would likely require four defections in the Senate because in the event of a 50-50 tie, the chief justice is highly likely to abstain rather than assert his debatable power to cast a tie-breaking vote. So that would mean the Senate leadership you know, if it's 50-50, the Republicans would win. And, you know, most Republicans now are coalescing behind acquittal. So, and I think a lot of Democrats privately now are also saying, you know, that's called mutually assured destruction. It is how some people are describing, you know, the issue of witnesses. And that means that, yeah, the Democrats are going to pay a pretty big price by saying Joe's okay meaning Joe Biden, and not being critical of Hunter. So I think that, you know, you got people like Doug Jones and, you know, all and some other people that are in deep trouble. 
Joe Manchin, Hunter Biden is a relevant witness. Feinstein, well, she stirred a little confusion when she said she was likely to leaning towards acquittal of Trump. And then she kind of had to back off because of all the pushback in the media. And contrary to reports, the Hill is reporting that neither side has votes on witnesses yet. But the plan B in impeachment is several Democrats appear to support acquittal. And that is that, okay, well, if they need a couple of Democrats, they're going to amend any resolution calling for any particular witness to include a package of witnesses. Good. The Democrats are not going to get away with, oh, we only want uh, John Bolton and your witnesses, but nobody else. John Bolton, you know, it's really frustrating to me. He has something to say, and there's been all these little crumbs that he and his attorney are throwing out there, and it's getting a lot of buzz, and he's, we've invited him on radio and TV. I've known him for 20 years. I've actually liked John Bolton. I remember talking to him. I remember he was, ta- he was asking anybody, you know, that would listen to put in a good word for him with the president. And I remember specifically asking him, John, your, your foreign policy views are different than the president's. You know, he has an American first foreign policy, no long protracted conflicts. And he said, no, I want to serve the president's agenda, not my agenda. All right. This is now looking like, you know, Kavanaugh 2.0, because this is who the Democrats are. Nadler now wants to call John Kelly. General Kelly is a witness. Let's get anybody that we think is going to say anything bad against the president to come and speak and be a witness. That's what we'll that. That's our new strategy. This new poll is amazing um, in the state of Utah. We're going to get into it at the top of the hour. Bottom line is that uh, of the registered uh, uh, Republican voters, 68 percent want Mitt Romney to acquit President Trump. Only 26 percent believe in conviction. As for additional witnesses, 64 percent oppose additional witnesses. Well, that would be doing the job of the. House of Representatives taking on their constitutional role, which is what the Democrats have been trying to get senators to do, which is dumb. 60 percent less likely to vote for Romney uh, if, in fact, he seeks uh, to get the nomination for reelection if he votes for new witnesses. Pretty loud message being sent to Mitt Romney in this poll, if he even cares. By the way, interesting on the Democratic side, if you look at the real clear politics average, well, Bernie Sanders now is up by eight points in New Hampshire. I'm sorry, is it eight points? Sanders, ba, 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 ba. yeah, Sanders is winning. And let's see who's second. 24 Sanders, 16 Biden. That's eight points. That's a big deal. Leading in Iowa now, too. When, you know, that, that could be a game changer when you start looking at that. It's actually Bernie plus 3.2. And behind him is Biden, 21. Sanders has 24.2. Buttigieg, 16.8. Warren has fallen off the map. Although, uh, let's see, Warren only at 13% in New Hampshire. That's bad. Might be the end of, of Elizabeth Warren. All right, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Trump is a phony, a fraud. His promises are as worthless as a degree from Trump University. He's playing the members of the American public for suckers. He gets a free ride to the White House. And all we get is a lousy hat. But you say, wait, wait, wait. Isn't he a huge business success? Doesn't he know what he's talking about? No, he isn't. And no, he doesn't. Dishonesty is Donald Trump's hallmark. He claimed that he had spoken clearly and boldly against going into Iraq. Wrong. He spoke in favor of invading Iraq. He said he saw thousands of Muslims in New Jersey celebrating 9-11. Wrong. 
He saw no such thing. He imagined it. He's not of the temperament of the kind of stable, thoughtful person we need as leader. His imagination must not be married to real power. There's plenty of evidence that Mr. Trump is a con man, a fake. Mr. Trump has changed his positions, not just over the years, but over the course of the campaign. And on the Ku Klux Klan daily for three days in a row. We will only really know if he's a real deal or a phony if he releases his tax returns and the tape of his interview with the New York Times. I predict that there are more bombshells in his tax returns. I just can't sit by. What, what am I going to do when my grandkids say, what did you do to stop Donald Trump? And I say, well, I didn't do anything. I, I'm not going to be there. All right. That was uh, Mitt Romney over the period of time. Now, when he was running for Senate, he gladly accepted uh, the president's endorsement when he was running for Senate from Utah. And it seems that this resentment, this anger that Mitt Romney has towards Donald Trump, it remains. I don't think it's ever gone away. I have a theory. I, 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 I always let me state up front. I like Mitt Romney. I've always liked him. I thought he was a nice guy. I thought his, his wife, Ann, lovely. Great kids, great family, just a great guy. Uh, different style than Trump, 100%. He, was, he tried to be nice, and it didn't work, and he didn't win, and I think he was the better choice in 2012, and I, I did everything in my power to try and make that case to people that would listen. Uh, fast forward. What is Donald Trump on a, on a, policy, a policy front doing that Mitt Romney wouldn't have agreed with? I don't really see much or anything at all. The difference is Trump, the fighter, Trump, the more combative candidate, won. Mitt Romney was still called a racist and a sexist and a misogynist. And he cut some kid's hair and 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 everything else horrible that he did. Every Democrat said it. Now he's like, oh, I think we might need to do the House's job and call witnesses. They didn't even subpoena. I don't understand it. So how's it playing out in the great state of Utah? Well, Matt Towery, I've known him going back to the Newt Gingrich years, uh, as he did polling even back then. He now does most of the polling for major Fox affiliates across the country. I don't think there's any one single person that knows the state of Georgia and the state of Florida like Matt. Um, he did a poll of the 400 re registered voters in recent Utah Republican primaries and in he came up with some pretty startling results about how the people of Utah are feeling about Mitt Romney. And when respondents were asked how they would like to see their two senators vote in the trial, 68 uh, percent of Utah uh, Republicans want them to quit, uh, quit President Trump. Only 26 percent would vote to convict when asked if they support or oppose the calling of additional witnesses in the Senate. The results were similar. Uh, 64% oppose additional witnesses. Only 27% support additional witnesses. When asked if they would be more or less likely to support Mitt Romney for the GOP nomination if in a bid for re-election of the Senate, if he decided to, if he voted to include new witnesses, well, 60% said they would be less likely to support Romney, 26% more likely. By a 47 to 31 level, Utah Republicans stated if Romney voted to include additional witnesses, Trump should endorse another Republican in Romney's reelection bid. He's also one of the few of us, John McLaughlin, who's also with us, that actually uh, knew and predicted that, yeah, Donald Trump had a great shot of winning in 2016. Not many people took that position. Uh, we now joined by our pollsters. Hour two, Sean Hannity show. Glad you're with us. Uh, Matt Towery and John McLaughlin. Welcome both of you. Uh, to the program. Let's talk Pleasure. about the survey. Matt Towery. 
Yeah, you know, Sean, uh, first of all, before, just to cut off any critics here, I polled for Politico when Romney was running against Obama. And we, we nailed it in every single state we had to poll. We, we, we showed where Obama was winning and where Romney was winning. So this is not about Mitt Romney or any feelings about Mitt Romney. This is just plain polling. My gut told me that Utah voters probably were not happy with Mitt Romney on the Republican side. And this has always been sort of a, a question mark. How is it the man gets the nomination if he then flies in the face of the Republicans who put him there? And let me make it very clear, this 26 percent that kept popping up as you recited these these particular polling questions, that's a hardcore Romney vote. And they also correlate with the independent vote that was received in the general election uh, for the independent candidate who kept Trump under 50 percent that gave him Utah. But that is not what would affect a primary if Romney were to run again. It would be Republican voters. And these are the most likely voters because they vote time after time in primaries in Utah. And they're overwhelmingly saying, A, we want the president acquitted. B, we don't want any more witnesses. C, we're less likely to support Mitt Romney if he ends up pushing for witnesses. And finally, they don't even think, and it's almost to 50 percent, they don't even think the president should endorse Mitt Romney if he does this. Well, what is your take on this poll? It was very comprehensive. Uh, the methodology is actually uh, done the proper way. Uh, John McLaughlin, all three of us have been complaining about how polls are being done by other, quote, pollsters. What's your take? No, it's, it's, it's exactly right. I mean, the methodology is right because so many of these media polls that are, by the way, the real clear politics average finally admits that the president's job approval in the face of impeachment is rising. And it's, it's the highest point in three years. But those, most of those polls are skewed because they're not likely voter polls like the kind that Matt's done here. So, uh, uh, so, so, so you're seeing that in spite of all the media bias and the Democrat establishment, the media establishment against the president, the, this president's getting things done. And voters are recognizing, recognizing they're saying just end this impeachment and, uh, uh, and, you know, and we're, we're liking what the president is doing. I mean, listen, he came out with the Mideast peace plan yesterday. He signed the, the, the new trade deal with Mexico and Canada today. I mean, it's amazing he's doing this thing in spite of everything they're throwing at him. And the only way they're trying to stop him, and, and boy, the Democrat establishment is going to be in panic any second, because on Monday night when Bernie Sanders wins the Iowa caucus and then goes on to win New Hampshire, you are talking about, you know, a, a just panic on the Potomac with the Democrat establishment. I mean, I keep talking about a tale of two Americas just in this two-week period alone where the Democrats have been, you know, singularly focused on trying to destroy Trump, which has pretty much been all they've done since the day he got elected. And the American people can shock the world again in 279 days. Uh, let's see. He came up with a peace plan for the Middle East with Prime Minister Netanyahu yesterday. Uh, he comes up with a trade deal nobody thought was going to happen. $220 billion for American farmers, manufacturers, the auto industry service industry and of course the energy sector that's 220 billion in two years a trade deal with japan a trade deal as we know now with uh mexico oh i guess that money will help pay for the wall and canada and our, our european allies by every measure on the economy is doing great and of course the caliphate's gone baghdadi and a company are dead soleimani's gone and he's not bribing dictators matt lowry uh, matt towery and i would say that 
That would be a good thing for the world. Yeah, I would say so. And let me say another thing about this whole impeachment uh, situation. It's moving very quickly. And I, with the president doing so many positive things, let me let me know one thing about this trial. As you know, I'm also a lawyer. I, I, I tried cases in the past, and I've been telling you and other folks that they needed to focus on the Bidens. Why? Because if the Bidens had any reason to be uh, have any type of corruption, even though it's until all the question, then the president would be totally justified. I think what is happening right now, as we go through this last stage of this impeachment, they are seeing these accomplishments of the president. There are Democrats who are getting nervous about voting uh, to, to to remove the president. They're they're beginning to waffle, and I also think they're beginning to understand that if the Bidens will have to be called if you bring in Bolton. And I think when that happens, the other side of the case starts to unravel. And I think they're beginning to have second thoughts about that. I'm going to predict that this thing falls apart very quickly, this witness issue, because I think the Republicans are now getting smart enough to say, if you call Bolton, we call Biden. If you call another, we call another Biden. You call another one, we'll call the uh, whistleblower. And I well, think if you're saying that, then today, then that means, Matt, today and tomorrow are going to be questions. Then they'll act like it is a big fight and we'll... We'll have perhaps an, uh, a, a vote to acquit either Friday or Saturday. That's a possibility. Other, by the way, many people in Washington, pretty smart people, are saying that is a very strong possibility. I'm, I'm not there yet. Yeah, I've been nervous about the, about the issue of witnesses because I think it, they, they, they were going to make it one-sided. But let me make one other point and then turn it back over to you. They, the presumption of innocence is with a defendant. And by the way, I have never been involved in a case in which the defense, we offered witnesses, and the judge said, no, we're not going to take those witnesses. You give every opportunity to a defendant to offer their witnesses because of the presumption of innocence is, on their, innocence is on their side. So you would have to take these other witnesses. You can't just simply take Bolton. And I think once you go down that path, the Democrats and others are going to be very, very nervous. You think the Democrats would really want to take that deal, John McLaughlin? Uh, no, they don't want to take that deal because Biden's collapsing against Sanders right now because of it. I'll tell you what, what's keeping us alive is as you start out the conversation about Mitt Romney in Utah, he's, I mean, we, it's our own Republicans that are stringing this out. I mean, I mean and Romney, is, you know, I mean, I have a particular uh, uh, feeling about this because, you know, I polled for Doug Collins and Doug Collins has now said he's running for, for Senate in Georgia. And By the way, I, I'm, reason, I, I'm supporting Doug Collins in that race. I think Governor Kemp, with all, I don't know him well, I tried to express my opinion to the guy, and nobody ever listens to me, John, so what difference does it make? Um, I, I think, and I have nothing against this woman, but she has no experience, and Doug Collins does, and he he's built yeah. up trust with me, and I think I think he'll do well in that primary. Yes, and, and well, we did a poll back in December for him statewide in Georgia. He's only a congressman there, but he's known as a defender in the House, but the other part is he's also a Baptist pastor. He's not a career politician, and that would excite evangelical voters in Georgia. He's also an Iraq war veteran. He's a, he's a chaplain who served in Iraq, and uh, uh, so he walks the he walks the walk, and he, and and we in our December poll, we found that, you know, I mean, uh, 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 Kelly Loeffler, who who the governor appointed, in spite of the fact that President Trump asked uh, uh, Governor Kemp to appoint Doug Collins three times, he decided to go for somebody that gave Mitt Romney seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars and had not and had not contributed to President Trump until. She decided to pursue the Senate. But among Republicans, Georgia Republicans know that. 
And and Doug would either make the runoff pressure, as other polls have said, or or win it outright, where he leads her among Republicans, 63-17, among Trump voters, 63-17. And, uh, um, you know, I mean, I know Doug with his announcement, I mean, his uh, website is getting jammed up on Collins for GA.com. Uh, because people have seen Doug walk the walk, and they know he's running to basically shut this thing down. It's a waste of time and, and money. And if Mitt Romney can hold the Senate and make them call witnesses and continue punishing the uh, uh, punishing uh, uh, our president, uh, it's all the more reason why people should be voting for Doug Collins. All right. Take a quick break. We'll come back more with our pollsters, John McLaughlin and Matt Towery. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Uh, We have Bill O'Reilly coming up. Also, a quick hit with Dr. Ben Carson as it relates to the coronavirus uh, and his take on it. All right. Final thoughts with our pollsters. Uh, 279 days till you, we, the people, have the opportunity to shock the world one more time. You'll be the ultimate jury. Our pollster, John McLaughlin, Matt Towery. All right, as we do every week, predictions. How is this going to end? 30 seconds each. We'll start with you, John. Well, I tell you what, the voters are saying it because the president, he's going to, he was a historic president when he was elected because he beat the Republican establishment, then beat the D.C. establishment. Now they've impeached him, and you know what? He's going to run them over and get reelected in spite of this. And that's why his job approval is moving up right now. What do you, so in the end, who wins? Who's the, Dem, who's the Democratic nominee? Who wins the general? I tell you, they're all panicking about I've said this before in your show. Bernie Sanders was the one to watch because there's a socialist movement inside the Democrat Party. And the Democrat establishment needs to panic about it because Bernie Sanders right now is making a move in Iowa and New Hampshire, and he'll be very hard to stop. All right, Matt Towery. Quick thing to remember about the Iowa caucus when you watch it. I used to poll it, and oftentimes it's polled wrong. You have to get 15% in the room if you're one of the candidates. If you don't get the 15%, your supporters have to go choose a second choice, and they never poll the second choice in these polls. So we could have anything happen in Iowa, although it looks like Bernie's going to take it. I think Sanders is likely to get the nomination if things stay the way they are. I think Trump is likely to win the election. I think, in fact, he, he virtually is guaranteed to win the election if he can get past this impeachment. But I'll tell you one thing. Mitt Romney better think twice about his career in Utah because he thinks he's more beloved than he is based on this poll I just saw. Pretty amazing poll today. Thanks for sharing it with us. Matt Towery, John McLaughlin, 279 days to go. The best election coverage available on your radio and TV dials. It's the Sean Hannity Show. When we come back, a quick update on the coronavirus with Ben Carson. Then all things Bill O'Reilly, a simple man, coming up straight ahead. California are preparing to receive a plane carrying nearly 200 people coming from the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak. The flight left Wuhan, China yesterday and then stopped to refuel in Anchorage, Alaska, where the passengers were also screened. Carter Evans is just outside of uh, March Air Force Base. Carter, what can the passengers expect uh, once they arrive? Because I presume they're going to be screened again. Yeah, they're going to be screened again as soon as they land here. And then they're going to be held in a hangar uh, under quarantine for at least 72 hours. And if anyone develops symptoms, uh, they're going to be uh, possibly held for another two weeks. This is all after landing in Alaska where they were screened there. The good news uh, right now is that everybody appears to have passed that initial screening. So the plane wasn't initially scheduled to land at this Air Force base, though. Do you know why the things changed? 
Yeah, it went through a lot. We don't know exactly why things changed, but initially this flight was scheduled to go into the San Francisco area into Oakland because that's one of the two repatriation airports on the West Coast, uh, the other one being Ontario Airport in Southern California. Now, that is where we were told the flight was coming for the last couple of days, and they made big preparations in Ontario for the arrival of this flight. They said it's something they've been training for for a long time. It, they'd never put this plan into action, uh, but they were ready for it. Uh, there was a lot of backlash in that community, a mm. lot of anger that people were bringing this flight uh, from this area in Wuhan, China, uh, directly into a large community with a large population. And it's not clear if it was because of that pushback, but late last night, they decided to change the course of this airplane and bring it here to March Air Force Base. Oh, that's interesting. Well, you know, this it's this has gotten a lot of coverage and we keep getting new information about the virus sort of every few days or so. And one of the things that we did learn is that it could have a quite lengthy incubation period. It could be a couple of days or it could be a couple of weeks for all we know. But you say the passengers are being screened. So how exactly are they screening them to ensure that they don't have the coronavirus? Well, my understanding right now is that they had doctors uh, meet them and they had even doctors aboard the flight uh, taking people's temperatures, observing them for, for respiratory problems and, and other types of things that would really look like the common cold or the common flu. Now, if they suspect that someone has the virus, they can draw blood and do further testing, and that takes about a couple of days once it arrives at the CDC. So, Carter, listen, I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but this is 200 people on a plane. There are more than 200 Americans, you know, in China that are wanting to get out. Do we know, are there other planes being planned or other charter flights? Right now, we don't know of any other charter flights being planned. Uh, and they said initially they knew there was going to be a lot of demand for this plane. So they were going to give it to the people uh, who were most in need first. And, and in a lot of cases, that would be diplomats, families with young children who are susceptible to the disease. All right. That makes sense. Carter Evans, thank you very much. All right. As uh, we continue 24 now till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program and... You know, I look at Disney being closed. I look at hospitals now being built in record time in China. Uh, we're now hearing that this a, a lot of this was hidden probably in the early days and weeks of the outbreak of this virus. We have questions about the incubation period, um, how it's transmitted, contact tracing, whether it occurred or didn't occur. Uh, we have, what, five plus confirmed cases now in the U.S. They're looking at some 110 to 20 other potential cases. Anyway, is there anything we have to worry about? He's the secretary of HUD, but he's also one of the best doctors I've ever met in my life. Uh, secretary Ben Carson joins us. Mr. Secretary, thanks so much for being with us. Always a pleasure, Sean, to be with you. I know you read this because it's your passion while you're doing your day job, which you've been doing a great job at. But your thoughts on this? Well, uh, I, first of all, I have great confidence in, uh, you know, Dr. Fauci and in CDC uh, in the way that they're handling and scrutinizing everybody and making sure that the correct isolation uh, things are going on. But, you know, as the HUD secretary, I do worry, uh, particularly because two of the cases were in California. And if we were to get an infected individual in one of these homeless camps, it would spread like wildfire, and we could really have a problem on our hands. So obviously, so, uh, we're going to be very uh, vigilant there. 
Well, there's always a balancing act because I don't think we've been told the truth by China. Um, I I think it would be in China's best interest to reach out to us. And I'm sure the president would would gladly allow some of our top people. You mentioned Dr. Anthony Fauci. I had him on TV the other night. Uh, I would agree. He's one of the top experts in this field uh, to at least help and assist them. What, what, What do you see in terms of incubation? transmittability what do you see in terms of contact tracing that should have occurred or now seems to be probably an impossibility yeah well the fact that we only have five cases uh, so far identified is a, a very positive indicator but the uh, incubation period the last time we had SARS outbreak uh, in the early 2000s uh, you know proved to be up to a couple of weeks so we're, we're not out of the woods quite yet um, that there's still a potential for a problem. So they're going to obviously have to be extremely careful with anybody who's come from that region. And also, you know, it can be spread by aerosol. Uh, so another way, there's another way of saying it's airborne. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, you've got to stay out of the, the reach of somebody who's doing a lot of coughing, who's been from a place that you're not sure well, yeah, and by the way, probably that scares everybody that gets on an airplane, and maybe it should. Um, but for now, you think that we're on top of it in terms of this country. Um, do you think China is now, are they capable of containing it? Because, well, while the it, the death rate is, is too high, it's what, 5%, I think, at this point. Um, we want to get this under control. What would be the best way, ultimately, do we, do we come up with some type of vaccine that, that resolves this? Oh, obviously, that would be the best thing. Uh, you know, based on history, we're probably several months away from a vaccine, although I know they're working very vigilantly on it right now. And uh, obviously, we have a, a little bit of a problem because the Chinese tend to be a little more secretive than we're used to. So we may not get the firsthand information quickly. Yeah. All right, Dr. Ben Carson, I know you've been out on the road. We uh, we grabbed you on a bus that you're on. Uh, you're out working hard for as Secretary of HUD. Thank you so much, as always, for being with us, and we appreciate you taking a few minutes to be with us. A pleasure. Absolutely. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the uh, program. All right, I'm, I'm going to get some calls in here. Many of you have been watching and listening, and, and you want to vent, and you're frustrated, and I and I totally get it. Um, cause a lot of this is beyond frustrating. We say hi now to Sandy is in Vegas. Beautiful Nevada. What's going on? How are you Sandy on K Dawn radio? I'm good, Sean. Hey, I want to thank you for everything that you do. And my comment basically is because everybody says that president Trump is out for himself and working to better himself. And I want to know if that's the case. Why would he leave private practice or private business that he was making a lot of money on? He doesn't take a salary. He donates it to charity. His kids work hard. Um, I don't think he's self-serving. If it wasn't for him, this country would be in a world of hurts. And I'm very grateful that he's our president because nobody else could take what they dish out. I got to be honest. Would you want to put up with all this crap? I wouldn't. I mean, it, it has been three straight, never-ending years of 
a bunch of, of sore losers throwing a temper tantrum, doing nothing for the country, serving only their own ambition and, and personal pursuit of power. And meanwhile, he's he's living through it. He has to deal with it. Nothing else he can do. And and look at what look at what he and his family have been through now. He, listen, he can take he can take it. He's he knew what he was getting into. Um, I think his older kids can take it, Ivanka included, and and Jared, his son-in-law, and Don Jr. and and Eric Trump and Laura Trump. Um, I feel bad for Melania. I feel bad for also Ivanka in some ways. I don't really feel bad for Don Jr. or Eric because they're tough. They can handle it. They're adults. Barron, I feel bad for. They, they picked on a, a what, 10, 11, 12-year-old kid at different points. Um, you pay a price being in the public eye, and you pay a price when you fight back. And when you say you're going to drain the swamp and then you do it, this is what draining the swamp looks like. They want the swamp creatures, when they get exposed, want to destroy you. They want you the swamp to continue. Sean, nobody else would have been able to take what he's dished out. So thank God he's the president because somebody else would have been gone already. I'm going to tell you a quick story. You ready? So I have really uh-huh. good friends of mine that are have nothing to do with media, nothing at all. And, you know, for years at different times, some of them will read something about me and and they'll send me a note. I, I just thinking about you. Hope you're OK. You OK? Is everything all right? Because they read something. I'll usually be like, yeah, I'm fine. Why? What's what's happening? Or maybe it's obvious, like, oh, they just released 1,200 text messages between you and Manafort, and, oh, there's 302s that have been released, and, oh, I see your social media has all been compromised. But putting all of that aside, they'll ask me, you know, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't even know what it's about half the time. And I've had long discussions with them, and I'd say, let me ask you a question. Would you, for X amount of dollars, how much would it take for you to take this crap every day? just on a financial basis. And you'd be surprised for a couple of my friends, there's no amount of money that they would take to get the crap beat out of you in the media every day. And especially when you lied about a lot and, and the stuff that goes along with it. Then I have my other group of friends will say, Oh, I do it for that amount of money in a second. I'm like, okay, what about your privacy that you never will get back? Anonymity, never get back. And then they've been out with me enough that they know what that means. And it's it's interesting how people respond to it. Being in the public eye is not what it's all cracked up to be. I can tell you that, number one. And number two, I don't think that being in the public eye is particularly healthy for people because all of us are in the service industry, Sandy. Let me ask you, what do you do for a living, if you don't mind me asking? I own a business and that's what, I, but Sean, let me say, that's why I'm very grateful for you because of your strength. Uh, and a lot of the stuff that they dish out, you, you know, people can't take that. And, you know, you carry on and you get the people on, you know, your investigators, your, your team of people that, that work with you. Um, if it wasn't for all of that, where would we all be? We'd be at Hillary's 2016. Imagine if we were wrong about, the Espionage Act, the the, the obstruction of Hillary and bleach bit and uh, the dirty dossier and premeditated fraud on a FISA court and spying on a candidate, a transition and a president. They, they'd have they'd have my head on a platter. Let me just say this so you can let not your heart be troubled. I do not care what 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 people swamp creatures think of me or write about me or say about me, although I might consider suing some of them sometimes. 
Um, Sandy, it is more important for me to to I we feel we're we're providing a service here like everyone else is in the service business and news and information and opinion. You're not going to get from the mob. That's what we do. And investigative reports that we turn out being right on. And we're proud of our work. And we thank you for letting us do this every day because we can't do this without you. So really, it's it's my honor and, and pleasure and I'm over whatever switch is supposed to care about this stuff uh, is long dissipated and gone in my brain. It's been evaporated. All right. When we come back, uh, Bill O'Reilly uh, checks in. We'll get his take on this uh, Schumer Schiff sham show going on and how it impacts the election. Of course, Don Lemon. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little shocked. That, look, Don Lemon, I guess, can say, well, I was laughing at the joke. I, the only problem is, as I watch it, he just he just keeps going on as as them start. Well, them them peoples and they, they them lines and them lattes and Ukraine and you know what are them lines on a map? And he just he just keeps laughing with quote every joke. What is it? It's a it's a reflection. It's a reflection on how, in my view, the the, the establishment in the mob and the media. And this goes for Obama's comments about bitter Americans clinging to God and Bibles and the Constitution and religion and irredeemable deplorables and smelly Walmart Trump voters. Um, it goes to the heart of who they are. We'll get to that coming up next. We'll also have great Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. I'll tell you about that. Newt Gingrich, Lindsey Graham, Devin Nunes, Matt Gates, Andy Biggs, Jason Chaffetz, and more. 9 Eastern on Fox. Bill O'Reilly next. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. In the final hour of the Sean Hannity Show. Of course, it, it, it's, it's a, it's, he's just trying to demean her, and it, obviously it's false. And look, he also knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane <laughs> next to it. He knows that this is, you know, an, an administration defined by ignorance of the world. And so that's partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience, uh, you know, the, the, the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump um, that, that wants to think that, that, that Donald Trump's a smart one and they're y'all, y'all, y'all elitists are dumb. <laughs> you, you elitists with your geography and your maps and your spelling, even though my your math and your reading. Yeah, you're reading, you know, your geography, knowing other countries, sipping your latte. <laughs> All those lines on the map. <laughs> Only the Melitas know where Ukraine is. <laughs> Sorry, I apologize. But by the way, oh my God. But it was Rick's fault. I blame Rick. Oh but, you know, but, but in all honesty, but all, blame you know what Rick. NPR should do? Why not? Sorry, hold on. You, wait, wait. Can yeah, I tell give you me a second. You, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> that was good. Sorry. Rick, you, that you, was a good one. I needed that. And if it's Leonard Skinner and it's Wednesday and it's our news roundup information overload hour, uh, that can only mean one thing, and that is Bill O'Reilly is uh, back with us, BillOReilly.com, and uh, he's everything but us. He's not a simple man, but, you know, I'll play along. I can play along like everybody else. Uh, Mr. O'Reilly, how are you, sir? I'm uh, depressed. 
you know, okay. this, impeachment, this impeachment thing has got to it's got to stop. It's just not doing me. It's not doing you. It's not doing anybody who lives in the United States of America any good. No. You want some good news? Yeah. In 279 days, we get the ultimate jury bill. In 279 days, we, the American people, they get to choose, and they get to decide if they want to shock the world again. I don't have a crystal ball. I have no idea what's going to happen. But if that happens again, that would make me happy. I like the fact that we have a shot at sending a very loud message to all of these people. Well, sure. I mean, if you want to take the long view, uh, democracy is always a uh, positive. But the a republic, is, Bill, if you can keep it, a republic. Yeah, but it, a republic is based on the will of the people, which is democracy. You know, if I, I'll go back to Athens and... and, and all right, <laughs> all right. Let's not get distracted here. I'm just... All right, go ahead. All right. So the damage, though, that's done to the country by all of this is substantial because... Most people, I believe, in America now turn this off. Well, you would agree with that, right? You know, it's interesting because you know you're like savant on ratings and in the best, most complimentary way. I mean, you're like a genius. You study, you know, you understand. Um, and I always thank my audience when we're number one. We've been number one the entire time by massive amounts. I mean, you know, four and a half million people, Bill. Yeah. And one airing out of and, 320 million. Um, right? Yeah, look. But that's a big number people, on TV. And there are people it, who are engaged in this, and they come to you most of all, and that's a compliment to Sean Hannity. So he wins substantially on television, not by a little. But the majority, the vast majority of Americans have said, we're not buying this. Um, it's way too partisan, and they agree with you that the November election will tell the tale. But the cynicism, particularly in the media, because the media has now joined forces with the Democratic Party, they're one and the same. And when you have that kind of power consolidating, people get angry, and they don't know what to do. So all of these things don't help us. Then you take the um, public policy equation, I'd like to see some kind of immigration reform. I know you would, right? I'd like to see some drug pricing reform, some legislation that can control that to some extent, and every other American would too. That's not even being debated. They're not even paying attention to it. It's all power politics. It's all trying to embarrass one party or the other. And this is bad for the. It's country. really no. It's really been, and and I, I mean, we may not be disagreeing. It really's been one party not accepting the results of an election. Yes, and no doubt it, about it, that. it it has been now. This is the fourth straight year of doing uh, one party that is doing nothing except trying to tear down the person that won. And now I would argue, Bill, and I you know I'm good with my lists. I can go through chapter and verse on foreign policy, the caliphate, Baghdadi, Soleimani, uh, yeah, every trade sure. deal. I can go through all the economic success, uh, unprecedented economy we have now. We're firing on all cylinders. That, about, that happened in spite of the do-nothing him. Democrats. The president basically even carried Republicans on his back, to be blunt. But look, there's corruption here. 
This is what I want everybody to understand listening to us today. And whenever there's corruption in the powerful circles of any country, you're in trouble. So the corruption is this. Instead of saying to the American people, we disagree with Donald Trump, we don't like him, we don't feel that he's a qualified leader, and we're going to do everything we can to defeat him next time around, but we're not going to waste everybody's time trying to trump up, pardon upon charges, Russian collusion, now we have Ukraine. We're not going to do that. We'll bring them out. We'll say we didn't approve of the phone call or whatever he did, but we're not going to do it. That would be the way to handle this, but we don't get that. And the reason we don't get that is because the powerful media organizations in this country have decided that Trump has to go. That's what the United States of Trump, my book, is all about. And I get in very deep to once Trump embarrassed the powerful media chieftains of this country, they swore revenge. It's all about Trump going around them and winning, making them look weak and foolish. That's what this is all about. Nancy Pelosi never would have had an impeachment inquiry even begun had she not been assured by the New York Times and the Washington Post that they would not only give her cover, but make her a hero if she did it. And that's why it happened. So I want to look at this, though, objectively. And listen, I have been bashing for years the Republican Party, Bill. I've had it with them. I'm not a Republican, registered Republican. You know that. I'm a registered conservative. And all I want is what's happening now. I, I don't want to bribe dictators in Iran that chant death to America with 150 billion. Uh, nor, if you kill Americans, you're going to get the crap kicked out of you. Uh, the caliphate can be beaten when you take off the handcuffs rules of engagement. Baghdadi can be taken out with his associate, Soleimani, number one state sponsor, terror leader. Yep, he can be taken out. Then I look at the fact all the trade deals, even China, 220 billion with China for two years. Farmers. All the manufacturing sector, car sector, uh, energy sector, service industry. Then I look at Japan. Uh, now we have Canada, Mexico, Western European allies. Now we have energy independence. Now with the president fought and found a way to fund the building of the wall. Now the biggest tax cuts. Now ending burdensome bureaucracy. And the best employment situation since 1969 For every demographic in the country, 8 million fewer Americans on food stamps, 8 million new jobs. Now, if peace and prosperity usually define elections, what happens in 279 days in spite of the mob and the Democrats that just do nothing but hate the president? Nobody knows what happens because you don't know who's going to run against Donald Trump. And one of the big things that I'm doing on BillOReilly.com tonight is actually reporting on Bernie Sanders, who's now ahead in Iowa and New Hampshire. Did you know, did you know, I think you did. Bill, I don't know much. I'm a simple man, but go ahead. Well, you can ask. You know, that's, why, that's why I hang with you, Andy, because simple men band together. Um, <laughs> did you know that every nickel Bernie Sanders has made has come from you and me and every other American taxpayer? Do you know well, that? Of course, yeah. Forty years. Forty years. He's been in the marketplace, and he has never had a private job, yet he's worth about $4 million, and he has three homes. Did you see now, Peter Schweitzer's new book? Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's a good book, by the way. Peter did a nice job. Yeah. Um, but how did that happen? Because he did the same thing Biden did. 
So Biden is getting hammered for Hunter Biden and his brothers uh, benefiting from his vice presidency. Well, Bernie Sanders did the same thing with his wife and his wife's children from another marriage. Did you know while um, Jane Sanders was president of Burlington College in Vermont, she gave her daughter a $500,000 contract to do a woodworking project? Did you Mm. know that? It's a good gig if you can get a bill. It's like like zero experience Hunter being paid millions. $500,000. You know how many students there were at Burlington College? 200. The college went bankrupt. She had to go before that happened. You know what her severance check was? $200,000. So I've been investigating Bernie Sanders, and I can tell you this man doesn't believe in socialism. This man made a cash grab for 40 years that's stunning. Stunning. Phil, I say it all the time. You want to know what it is? It's very, I can sum it up simply. It is the left and liberals are generous with everybody else's money. Uh, when you, when you look, it is a staggering thing. And this, this I, I won't go chapter and verse here because it's all chronicled in Schweitzer's book. Uh, and there's even a new story out today, Washington Examiner, how a Delaware nonprofit organization got 166 grand in a federal grant at the time it appointed Joe Biden's daughter to be yeah. the executive director. I mean, this, 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 all these people get rich while but they're Biden is getting hammered on it. And you don't hear a word about Bernie Sanders on it. No, we've been How talking about it that? with Peter. Peter Schweitzer's book covers Bernie. It covers no, Kamala that, Harris but, and but Elizabeth people, Warren. And, but there's five of us that are talking about it. That's your point. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, look, this guy's running around. Uh, Biden runs around. Biden's a capitalist, all right? But Bernie Sanders runs around and goes, oh, no, no, the billionaires, the millionaires. They are, they are. I mean, I, and this guy has used every piece of leverage he could in the public sector to enrich himself and his family. And there's not a word of it on NBC News, CNN, nothing. Now that's, and and that gets me back to my point, corruption. Corruption is what's come out of Russian collusion, impeachment, corruption. And that is undermining the fabric of the United States. That's the big story here. You know, there's so much at stake. And you know what, you, Bill, you and I, can we can be honest here. It's really not about us anymore. You know, we're, we're moving on. We have kids that are now older, and uh, but we care about our kids and their future and our grandkids. And we both have discussed our backgrounds. We have very similar backgrounds. My parents were both poor. My, my grandparents had nothing, all four of them coming from Ireland. Mom, a prison guard, dad, a family probation guy who, who waited tables on the weekend. And it's really about the future and the future that I see that's being offered by all of the Democratic candidates scares the hell out of me. I'm Shell, former National Security Advisor John Bolton, ready to turn on the president as news leaks from his explosive new book. Bolton drops the bombshell in an unpublished manuscript for his forthcoming book. An explosive new account from former National Security Advisor John Bolton. John Bolton's book, which is as explosive as expected. Bombshell report upending the impeachment trial of President Trump. Bolton's bombshell. The Bolton bombshell. That new book by John Bolton is called The Room Where It Happened, and it could be a bombshell.
Leonard Skinner, Simple Man, Bill O'Reilly with us, BillOReilly.com. Bombshell, bombshell. Bill, I have a version of that that goes on for nearly three long minutes. Bombshell, bombshell, bombshell. All right, I, I want to... I want to focus, though, because we were talking about Bolton, and then we'll get back to the bombshell media, which is, you know, they're insane, and the mob. But here's the thing about John Bolton. I'm, I'm watching this, and his lawyers say, well, he may have things to say. All right, fine. He said, he, was, he said if he was subpoenaed, he'd likely, the president has the power of executive privilege, not him. But he said he wouldn't testify before the House. The House never even ended up subpoenaing him. Now the House is trying, even though it's a slam-dunk case, they're now trying to force the Senate to take on what constitutionally is their role, because in the Constitution, the power to impeach rests solely with the House of Representatives. The trial, well, that power exists solely with the U.S. Senate. It's not the job of, of Republican senators to bring in the evidence to impeach the president. So here's my question. If John Bolton has something to say uh, that he thinks is so compelling, he should say it. But I'll say this, Bill. The four facts never change. And at the end of that is they never felt pressure. They had the phone call. We have the transcript. They never discussed aid. They never did anything. They never said they'd do anything. And they never made any deal with anybody on anything in any way or said they would make a deal to do anything. So they got the money anyway. And the only fact witness said he I want nothing when he talked to the president. No quid pro quo. This is this case is over, Bill. I agree. It is not enough not even close to remove an elected president. But you got to understand, and we were talking about before the break, so Trump can get really tough, right? And you criticize him and he lashes back. A lot of people take that very personally, and that's what happened to Bolton. Bolton didn't like the way that he was uh, dismissed from the White House, and now he's payback time. And Simon & Schuster, his publisher, very close relationship with the New York Times, um, and they leaked the um, stuff about the Ukraine to the Times weeks ago. Times held it, all right, for maximum destruction. When was that? The night before the president's lawyers were to testify. That's when they dropped it. They had it before. Simon & Schuster, they win all day long because they get, as you just played, all the publicity for the book. Now, as for Bolton himself, he doesn't like Trump, all right? And so he's going to make money, and he's going to get revenge. That's what's going on. And you can see it. it, it, There's a pattern of that. And Trump himself, Chris Wallace, a good example, your colleague at Fox. So on one day, Chris Wallace is a brilliant guy. Trump loves him. And the other day, he's not as good as his father. And, and, And Wallace, I don't think, takes any of it personally. But he could. I think Napolitano did. And so it gets personal with Donald Trump. And that's why these things happen. And Americans should know that, should know that personal component drives a lot of this stuff. And it's manipulated by the press. And that's where we are. So let's see what it is. But the point is, and you go back to the four facts that never change that Jim Jordan says, and Bill, this really matters. We know with the case that the phone call the president released, he actually released two of them, never any mention of any aid. The two individuals on the call said they never, nobody ever felt any pressure. Zelensky said it again and again and again. There was no linkage, no pressure, no pushing, no linkage between security assistance. All right, now the most important facts. 
in this cape case. No, uh, the Ukrainians didn't even know that at the time of the call that aid was being held up temporarily and they got it all and most of it early. They took no action whatsoever. They never started an investigation. They never promised to start an investigation. They never announced an investigation. They never took action to get aid released at all. And they got all the money. Now, here's the point. We do know on the phone call, the president did express, well, his displeasure at the fact that he seemed to be hanging out with the corrupt figures in the previous administration of Poroshenko. The president on the call very distinctly said, you're hanging out with these people. We know five subsequent meetings happened after that July 25th call. And guess what, Bill? Aid was never discussed. Zelensky in all the meetings, Pompeo, Vice President Pence. And the last fact I'm going to say here is if a president has national security people around him and he says, you know what, they need to do this, 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 and this, but it never becomes part of a deal. It's like saying, well, I'm going to rob a convenience store, tell my friends, or I'm going to beat up Bill O'Reilly, and but I never do it. Okay, you can't put a penalty on a thought, even if Bolton said he heard exactly. the president say it. Exactly, and if you know Donald Trump, as you and I do, all right, you know he says stuff all the time. All the time he says crazy stuff, not crazy in the, in the sense that it's irrational, but he just spouts. He spouts. All right, yeah, you know, how many people, everybody knows somebody like that. I do that. All right, you know, if I'm frustrated with somebody or something, and you don't mean it, literally. So that's why this bold thing is so, such a charade. So what? They're sitting around in the Oval Office, Trump's mad. Um, Trump believes, and we've discussed this before, and I know you know this to be true, he believes that members of the Obama administration all right, contrived all this Russian collusion and drove him crazy for three years. And he'd like to expose that. And that's a lot of what drives him in phone calls and, and statements. And he thinks that's an unresolved problem, which it is. We still don't know. What members of the Obama administration did all the illegal surveillance? Use your day by Sheryl Atkinson saying, okay. "Look, I was tapped. James Wilson was. was tapped." Yep. We still don't know what members of the Obama administration did that, and Trump wants to know. So all of this is just—it's—it's it's so contrived to get him. We got to get him whether it's Russian collusion or Ukraine or whatever else is going to come up, and other stuff will. We're going to get him. And Americans, even if you don't like Donald Trump, know that. Let me go to the mob in the media. I call them a mob because they are, and they've lied to us for three straight years, Bill. There was no Trump-Russia collusion. They'd come on day after day, night after night, <laughs> breathless hysteria. Uh, we got him. We got him. <laughs> breaking, breaking, bombshell, bombshell, impeach, impeach, Ukraine, Ukraine, uh, stormy, stormy, asshole, asshole, uh, Russia, Russia, every day. This is what we've had for three years. Then we, you know, then we have we have little moments of clarity. Peter Strzok, oh, the I can smell them from here, the Trump Walmart shoppers and irredeemable deplorables by Hillary and bitter Americans in Pennsylvania that cling to Oh, God forbid. They cling to their God and their Constitution and their uh, Bibles and religions. Now you got Don Lemon, fake news CNN. I want you to analyze this exchange. We played it at the top of the last hour. It's worth playing again. Listen. 
Of course, it, it, it's it's a, it's he's just trying to demean her, and it, obviously it's false. And look, he also knows deep in his heart that Donald Trump couldn't find Ukraine on a map if you had the letter U and a picture of an actual physical crane <laughs> next to it. He knows that this is you know an an administration defined by ignorance of the world, and so that's partly him playing to their base and playing to their audience. Uh, you know the, the the credulous boomer rube demo that backs Donald Trump. Um, that, that wants to think that, that, that Donald Trump's a smart one and they're y'all, y'all, y'all elitists are dumb. <laughs> you, you elitists with your geography and your maps and your spelling, even though my path and your reading. Yeah, you're reading, you know, your geography, knowing other countries, sipping your latte. <laughs> All those lines on the map. <laughs> <laughs> Only them elitists know where Ukraine is. Sorry, I apologize. But by, but by the way, Ukraine. oh my god! But, but, but you know what? But, but it was Rick's fault. I blame Rick. Oh but, you know, but, but in all honesty, but all, blame you know what Rick. NPR should Why do? Why not? Sorry, hold on. You, wait, wait. Can yeah, I tell give you me a second. You, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> that was good. Sorry, Rick. You, that you, was a good one. I needed that. You know, I listened to that Rubes. All them lines on the map and math and and that geography and reading and, uh, you know, all them elites know where Ukraine is and sipping lattes. And and I'm listening to that Bill O'Reilly and I'm cringing. You know why? Because it reveals a a contempt and utter hatred and lack of real understanding about the people of this country. They're mocking them because they don't think like they do in D.C. or New York or L.A. or San Francisco. They are mocking the American people, and they have hatred for the people that dared to not vote their way and and voted for Donald Trump, and they like the success of Donald Trump. That's what I see. As you know, uh, I attended Harvard. I have a master's degree in public administration from the Kennedy School of Government. Oh, every simple man has a degree from Harvard, but go ahead. Well, you know, Hannity, I, I got lucky, and they made a mistake. <laughs> they, they, By the way, you um, call anyway. yourself a simple man. You just like basically say, Hannity, bullseye, right here, take the shot. Okay, so you don't get higher up in the elite um, chart than Harvard. When I was there in the 90s, it was not a hateful place, but there was certainly a supercilious attitude among many of the students and faculty, like, we're smarter than the average bear, and and we really should be running the country. So what you see on CNN, but more importantly, the Washington Post and the New York Times, because CNN and NBC and the other networks, they take their prompt from those papers. They want to run the country, Hannity, all right? They want to run it. The Times and the Post... We're smarter than you people. You know, when Fox News uh, first started 23 years ago, they dismissed us because you and I were there. They dismissed us as what? Barbarians. We were Visigoths. Wait, it's only it's only gotten worse from there, Bill. Right. I mean, we were. Well, well, then as we succeeded and became powerful, then they had to destroy us. But in the beginning, it was Ted Turner. Yeah, you look at these people. You know, they don't even shower once a week. That's what it was. It has always been that intelligentsia, that arrogance on the part of these people who feel that they 
should be running things. And that's what you're seeing here. Um, they're partisan. They hate Trump. There's no doubt about it, because Trump represents a populist strain. And he represents things that they uh, despise, like the pro-life movement. They despise that. Um, like um, giving veterans everything that they can give. Those people feel that the U.S. military is an oppressor, that, that we're the problem in the world. The United States is the problem in the world. And if we would only go by the leftist tenets, then we would be a benign nation. So this has always been around, but that CNN thing is a great example of it. Once in a while, you'll have an exposition like that. But as you know, nobody watches CNN. I don't think anybody, more people heard it on your radio program and TV program than actually saw it. You know, it, it, that's that's 100 percent true. All right. Let me do you mind if I switch gears a little bit? Because we've been having sure. I'm, I, I really want to get your take. I'll let you 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 get to choose here. I want to give you my analysis of where I think we are 279 days out of the election. And I want you to give yours. And I guess okay. because you're my guest, you should go first. Well, I think Biden's still the odds uh, on favorite to win. Um, I think Sanders will probably win the Iowa caucus on Monday and the New Hampshire primary a week later. Those are small votes. Um, but then Biden will segue down to South Carolina and do very well. And he should win Nevada, too, although it would be tougher. And then you go into Super Tuesday, where Bloomberg is going to be a factor. So Bloomberg, he'll overwhelm the field. I don't know really how that plays out um, as far as the individual candidates are concerned. But he'll get the lion's share of attention because he's spending a billion dollars to put his face on TV. So right now, um, I would say that it's very hard to predict, but I'm still sticking with Biden. All right. I got to get out. Um, Bill, I got to get out because I'm just late on time here. But um, sure. BillOReilly.com, all things O'Reilly. Uh, thanks for being with us. Who are, you who are you predicting for the Super Bowl? Quick. Kansas City, quick game. All right. I'll bet you 100 bucks. I'll take San Francisco just to bet against you. All right. All right. Excellent. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Busy Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern. Uh, I'm not really buying Don Lemon's, oh, I was only laughing at the one joke, and I couldn't stop laughing, and I didn't hear anything. We'll get to that. The latest, more interesting today, and I, I just thought it was a beatdown by the president's defense team, Newt Gingrich, Lindsey Graham, Devin Nunes, uh, Matt Gates, Andy Biggs, Jason Chavitz, Tammy Bruce, Jeff Lord. 9 Eastern, Hannity, Set DVR, Fox, We'll see you tonight at 9, back here tomorrow 